Praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus, for these gifts to the body of Christ. Thank you. For, I'm very grateful for the Turners and the Clevelands, and it was just my privilege to honor them today. Uh, so let's get into it. Can we prepare ourselves with this declaration that we do here? Say, uh, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Well, last week I had so much fun talking about fasting that I didn't even leave time to finish my message. So we had to cut it off. And today I want to preach on and cover what we weren't able to cover last week. So last week was pray first, and we talked about uh, what we call the principle of the first. It's a principle that we believe God instructs us to live by in Scripture. Um, now, obviously, this is a Christian message, but whether you're a Christian or not, one thing that unifies every human being is our lives are shaped by our priorities. And the place, the things that we put first have power. I actually believe what you prioritize first has the most power in your life. And the reason why is because whatever's first affects everything that comes after. So uh, the idea is that we put God first so that the rest of our priorities can be blessed by him. Priorities matter. I remember one of my mentors, uh, Pastor A.R. Bernard out of Brooklyn, he came to Nashville Life and he talked about how when, when a guy and a girl come together and you know, they're dating and they decide that each other's the one, a lot of times you'll hear, oh, they have the same values that I have. She has the same values that I have. Or, oh, man, the same things that are important to me are important to him. And, you know, they get together and they decide to marry and then they come across these conflicts and this friction regarding their values. And it catches them off guard because it's, I thought we had the same values. And what AR shared was just because you have the same set of values it doesn't mean they're prioritized in the same order. So your values might match, but the order in which those values are placed might not. So your number five might be their number one, and their number four might be number two for you. And it's just another example to show the importance and the significance of priorities when it comes to our lives. Um, I don't think any of us, are surprised that uh, the, you know, the news of this message is, you know, God should be first. I don't think that's a groundbreaking revelation to anybody in this room that, that you should put God first. You know, most of us have been hearing that since we were kids. You should put God first. I don't think that's the struggle. The, the what I don't think is the issue as much the, is the how. I think many of us know that we should put God first, but I don't think many of us know how to put God first, and let alone how to keep him first. Um, and I want to help out with that today uh, because I believe the Bible helps us out with this. There's many scriptures that point to the how of how to put God first, but the one I'm going to read today first is Leviticus 27. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Leviticus 27, 30. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, 
belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So the answer to how do you put God first, the answer is you give God the first of everything you get, basically everything he gives you. You give him the first portion of that thing. I say that thing because most pastors make this exclusively about money. I don't think this only applies to money. I believe it's a principle that you can apply to as many aspects of your life as you choose. Um, when, you, when you offer your first to God, the Bible says you're making that portion holy. When you make something holy, you set it apart from the rest. You make it special from the rest. And the idea is when that is made holy, it sets the tone for everything that comes after. So if you give God your first, he will bless your rest. Um, if you give God the first portion... He will bless the rest. Um, when it comes to giving, the tithe is, is not only about the amount. A lot, of, a lot of times, you know, we talk 10%. It's not as much about the amount, I don't believe, as it is about the priority. And I think in culture, we've shifted and we've emphasized the amount. Um, but we have forgotten the significance of the order that you give that amount. And the whole purpose of the tithe, I believe, is to teach us how to prioritize him, which means you can give 10% to God. You can even give 90% to God. But if it's not the first, it actually is not the tithe. It still helps, don't get me wrong, and it's still appreciated. But it doesn't spiritually uh, uh, resonate or... or uh, manifest as as the first portion because it wasn't given first uh before anybody feels pressure or any anxiety because i know when it comes to our resources and our time and our money we can kind of tense up a bit um i don't believe this principle is saying that god wants to get wants you to give him everything it doesn't say that it says to give him your first to give him the first portion of everything, which really I think should take the pressure off a little bit. The Lord is asking for the first portion of everything, um, not necessarily everything. And the reason why is because God wants you to have. His purpose is to bless the rest for you to have. He wants you to have enough to provide. Men, he wants you to be able to provide for your families. He wants you to have enough to give and to share. And dare I say it, he wants you to have enough to enjoy. Um, I believe sin complicates this, and sin makes us fear this aspect of God, that he actually uh, is okay with us enjoying what he's given us. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19 through 20, and I just want to hopefully set some people free on this matter. Verse 19 says, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, the scripture doesn't say he gives someone wealth and possessions for them to just give everything away and not have any of it. He also accompanies the ability for you to enjoy what he's given you, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil. The Bible says this is a gift of God. And I just, I've 
touched on this before, guys. I don't want us in efforts of being pious and nobles and trying to be a gold star Christian. You know, don't, in efforts to please God, don't reject what pleases him for you to have. A lot of times God is, God is saying it is giving me pleasure to gift you with this. And we go, no, Lord, I want to please you. So none of it. I don't want that. And it's like, it's, it's, it's silly. And it's vain. And actually, it's, it's, it's self-righteous, to be honest. Um, don't reject what pleases God and think that you're really, oh, man, he's going to really be impressed with how much I want to please him. God looks at us as being silly when we do that. He's not impressed that we're rejecting. And, and I get where a lot of it is, um, the, the good intention of it all. Um, we don't want to become idolaters. We don't want to be corrupted. And, and, and that's a good thing not to want. <laughs> but worshiping and, and loving money and enjoying a gift from God are not the same thing. Idolizing and worshiping money and, 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 and loving money is not the same as enjoying a gift that he has decided and willed for you to have. So when we say, no, I'm not having nothing, I'm just going to give everything away to him, unless he's specifically telling you to do that, it is a vain sacrifice. And in most cases, it's rooted in fear. A lot of times... We mask the fear of having with the joy of giving. And we, we present it as if it's the joy of giving when really it's the, the fear of having. Don't mistake the fear of having for the joy of giving. They are two completely different spirits. One is a spirit of faith. One is a spirit of fear. If you're giving out of joy and out of abundance of your heart, and out of faith, that's one thing. But if you're giving because you're afraid if you keep it, it's going to turn you into a bad person, that's not God's will for your life. And he's actually not, uh, he's not pleased with that because nothing that is rooted in fear comes from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, what I don't want to discourage is being generous unto the Lord. I know the scriptures, I preach the scriptures about sowing bountifully, but we can't confuse the amount with the principle of the first. For instance, you know, let's say someone, you know, you pay your bills, you pay, you take care of all of your responsibilities and you realize you have a whole lot left over and you go, oh man, I want to give all of this to God. I'm not saying that doesn't help. I'm not saying, but it, but it doesn't register in the spirit as what we're talking about here. The Lord the Lord cares more about being, he, he wants your first more than he wants your most. He is more concerned about having your first than he is about having your most. Put it this way, you can, it is more biblically accurate to give less first than to give a lot last. And that's a shift for a lot of us. And I think that's what God has addressed in the past two weeks. Remember I told you last week, a lot of people pray, but how many of us pray first? A lot of us give, but how many of us give first? The Lord is trying to point our attention to a word called priorities. Because turns out it matters. I know a lot of us have told ourselves, oh, God doesn't care. 
Newsflash. He does. That's if you want him first. If you want him first, you do it by giving him your first. This is the way I think it works. For those of us who don't want to be caged in and you don't want to be limited to just the portion, God is a, a shepherd and he leads us step by step. And I've seen over the years a lot of people in their zeal, sometimes in their immaturity, they jump straight, they, they skip the fundamentals and they just go into the lavish, extravagant giving. I knew a guy, he got saved. The very next day, he gave everything. that He emptied his bank account and gave it to the Lord. And I mean, praise God. At the same time, <laughs> we can't get ahead of God. And if God wants us to embrace the fundamentals first, fundamentals build proper form. And when you do things in proper form, it gives you the ability to sustain. It gives you the ability to have longevity with God. And some of us in our excitement, in our, in our zeal, sometimes in our pride, we, we jump the gun and we, we crash and burn within a year. And God's will is that you last in this thing forever. So the way he does it is you've got to embrace the fundamentals first. You've got to digest the simple things. And before I want the big fancy gifts, just give me the first part. Just give me the first part. Give me your first portion. And, and it, for those of you who, who have ambitions to being generous and giving more, this is how it works. This is how the principle works. You give your first portion to God. Give God your first. Step one. Watch God bless the rest. The Bible says he will bless the rest to overflowing. Then you receive an increase in your harvest. So your lot increases. And then you give God a larger first from your larger harvest. Give God your first. Watch him bless the rest. He increases your harvest. Therefore, your first portion is larger because he's increased you via this process. There's a lot of people in this room where you can tell me that your first portion offering is a lot bigger today than it was 10 years ago. And this is what we call healthy development, healthy progressional growth, developmental growth. God says, start here and watch me increase and watch me build you, but build you on the proper fundamentals, the proper principles, the proper foundations. I believe that, I believe his way is the best. And I can tell you right now from scripture, God cares more about being first than he cares about getting a lot. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. I love this because we see that the Lord is really trying to instill this principle of, of him having the first and the first being set apart for him. And I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it after I read it. Verse 23, it says, And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and of your flocks, that you may learn 
to fear the Lord your God always. Another translation says, so you can learn to, to put God first. God has to teach us this. And in this scripture, it's one of the examples of him taking, he's like, I really want them to understand that the first belongs to me. So let me think of something practical to teach them to practice, to help instill this principle. So basically what the scripture says is during this time, he asked for everyone to gather the first portions of all their crops, whether grain, whether cattle, whether herds, I mean flock, and make a meal and bring it to the house of God, basically bring it to church. And he had everyone eat that meal, which was the first portion in the house of God. And the whole purpose of going through all of this and making them travel from their houses and bring their food and their Tupperware or whatever they use at the time, the whole point of bringing it there was so they can start to, so it can start to sink in that this first portion is holy. We're doing it in a holy place. I'm eating the first portion in a holy place. So that was God's way of taking a practical uh, exercise to instill a spiritual principle. God took something very practical, eat the first portion in the house of God, to instill a spiritual principle that God is first and if he gets the first, the first that I get is made holy for him. So we're not asking y'all to eat the first portion of your crops here at church, but there are some other practical ways that we believe can help uh, instill this principle in your heart. And move God from being first theoretically and first figuratively to actually being first in your heart. Um, the one, I've got four areas that you can try to put God first in. The one is the first of my year. The first of my year. Nashville Life, the way we help you really set apart January as the first portion of year, making it holy, is what we're doing right now. These 21 days of prayer and fasting. Believe it or not, the intent of this fast is not for you to be hungry, it's not for you to lose sleep, it's not for you to be tired, it's not for you to be inconvenienced, it's for you to practice setting aside the first portion of your year, making it holy in faith that God's going to bless the rest. That's why we do this. So January 20, uh, 7th to the 27th is what we're doing. And if you haven't started, it's not too late. Do not let the enemy tell you that just because you didn't start. You can't finish with us. So, so pray and fast with us, and that's our way of supporting you to practice this principle for your life. Number two, the first of my month. Many people get paid at the top of the month. Um, if you're like me, some of your bills come out of your account top of the month. I know insurance for me and uh, NES and a few other things, and, and I really have tried to... to to literally do this principle of making sure before NES gets my money, I want God to get his portion. So I happen to give online. Giving online makes it very easy for me to really make sure that the first thing that comes out goes to the Lord. Uh, but if you don't give online, there's other ways to practice this and, and even just demonstrate this in your heart. You know, let's say you give to the Lord via cash. You can do something as simple as taking that portion, putting it in an envelope, 
putting it aside and just anything just to show yourself that this is what I'm doing. I'm demonstrating that my first part is set aside and then you do all the rest of your responsibilities. That's the thing about God. He's not anti your responsibilities. He's not even anti your other interests. He's just asking to be before all of those things. He doesn't want you to not pay your bills. He wants you to pay your bills. He wants you to pay your taxes. He wants you to do things you enjoy. He's only asking to be put first before those things, which honestly, when you hear it that way, it sounds extremely fair. It sounds, God is, God is better than we give him credit for. He, he's, he's not tripping. Like, he's... He's not trying to ruin your life. He's trying to enhance your life. And he has some pretty practical, fair ways that he's asking. He's simply saying, can, 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 he, can you talk to me first? I'm not saying don't talk to them, but can you talk to me first? I'm not saying don't care about that stuff, but can you care about me first? Thank you, Jesus. The first of my week, the first of my week, guys, the first day of the week is not Monday. It's Sunday. Sundays is a day that we give to the Lord. It's his. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm younger than, you know, but I remember, like, I think it was say, say Sunday, Sundays was, was the Lord's day. They don't talk like that anymore. But Sundays, is, it's, it's not your day. It's not your day. Monday can be yours. Tuesday can be, but Sundays is not yours. Quiet. Crickets. Sunday is not your day for sleep. It is not your day for brunch. Is he against a nap? But after you serve him. Is he against your brunch? No, but after you serve him, you come to the house of the Lord. You come to the assembly. You bring your offering. You bring your praise. You bring your worship. You bring your gifts and your talents, and you invest and give to the Lord what's due him. And the beautiful thing about it is he promises to bless the rest of your week. I actually don't believe it's God's will for Christians to have a case of the Mondays. If you give God his day, he will actually cause you to enjoy Mondays. He actually has the power to make the sun shine on your Mondays. We're talking about God here. We're talking about God. Crickets. The first of my day. The first of my day. He knows you've got the kids. He knows you've got your workout schedule. He knows you've got work. And he's not upset about that, but he goes, can you, can you carve out 15 minutes? Talk to me first before you talk. Well, God, I'm just, you know, I'm, you know I've got some fitness goals, and I work at 7, so I've got to get up at 5.30, and it's just, and, like, we act like getting up at 5.30 is possible, but 5.15 is out of the question. I mean, it, it makes no sense. My pastors in Australia said, sin makes you stupid. And it's true. It doesn't even make sense. So, so 5.30 is doable, but 5.15, oh, no way, God. And he goes, it's me. So you want to work out? I actually have the ability 
to, to multiply your efforts in the gym. I can cause you to burn more calories quicker. I actually have the ability. I can get you as cut as you want to be. I can actually do that if you just talk to me first. I can bless that. Well, you know, the kids, I can touch your kids to where they sleep peacefully. I actually have the ability to touch you. Do you know who you're saying you don't have time for? Do you know who you're saying you're too sleepy for? Do you know the one? I can, I can, I can change everything in your life with the snap of my finger. And you're convinced that me having a little time with you before everything else is too much to ask? And I know some of our reasons. I know what trips us up. You know, God is not uptight. My God is not, not uptight. He's not legalistic. He's not whatever. <sighs> Guys, I agree. He's not uptight. He's not legalistic. But do, that's not how we shouldn't be doing these things because he's uptight anyway. You shouldn't do these things I'm talking about because you think God is going to strike you down. You shouldn't do that. That shouldn't be your motivation anyway. His uptightness, what? You do this because you are, ta you are taking the responsibility to honor God and give what's due to him. That has to be your motivation. Yes, he's not uptight. Yes, he's probably not going to strike you down. He hasn't struck us down yet. But that has nothing to do with reaping the benefits that he has for your life. And he's saying, if you would only give me the first portion of whatever aspect of your life we're talking about, whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's your to-do list, he goes, I will hook you up. I will bless the rest. Let me tell you just how much, how, how extravagant the hookup is. Proverbs 3, verse 6 through 10. I'm going to read all of it. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. I want to stop right there. In all your, all your ways, acknowledge him. That's why I believe this applies to more than just money. It doesn't say in your finance, acknowledge him. It says in all your ways. That's why I bring up the gym. That's why I bring up the kids. That's why I bring up the errands. In all your ways, acknowledge him. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. Can everyone say first fruits? It doesn't say second. It doesn't say third. He's not budging on this, guys. He wants your first. That's how he becomes first. Of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, which means more than the container can hold. And your vats will brim over with new wine, which means it will be too much for the container that you have for it. That's why I'm telling y'all, I promise you he's not trying to ruin your life. It's not his will that you don't have any. He, he, he wants you overflowing. I mean, it's, I don't know how many other ways you can read this stuff, y'all. It's amazing how many of us, with, with stuff as clear as this, we still have theologies that's, that's pushing this stuff out of the door. And I, It's demonic. I mean, this is the word of God. Isaiah 58, 8 through 9. There's a scripture on prayer and fasting. And it says, then, after you pray and fast, Isaiah 58, verse 8 says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Quickly. Raise your hand if you need healing in some area of your life. The Bible says that that thing will come quickly. 
This is the God we're talking about. Please don't let your, your 15 minutes of sleep rob you from experiencing this kind of God in your life. Please don't let that 30 bucks or whatever is the first portion stop you from experiencing the, the glory of this kind of God that can make your healing quickly appear. We're not talking about 30, 15 year period. We're talking about fast work. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. So you're going to have God up here. You're going to have God back. You're going to be completely encompassed by the glory of God. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Then you, so you will cry for help and he will say, here am I. You can expect healing. You can expect holiness. and You can expect help from the Lord. All of these things and more. And literally the only trade-off is to acknowledge him first. Is the first portion that you're withholding from him worth missing out on all of these things? I'll answer that for you. No. But I actually can't answer that for you. I know it's not worth it, but you've got to know it's not worth it. And you got to be humble. It takes humility because pride says God is automatically first whether I do this stuff or not. Pride says I don't have to practice it. I'm a Christian. Of course he's first in my life. That's pride. Humility says if I don't try to put him first, he will never get there. Any person who tells me that you don't have to try to put God first, you are not being honest with yourself. We must put him there if we want him there. We must constantly practice putting him there and acknowledging him if we want him to be there. He does not automatically get there. And these are just some simple ways to practically practice giving God your first and watching him bless the rest. I pray this for you. I pray that you all take hold of this and just start bit by bit, practicing this, and just watch, watch God, watch the glory of God be actually first in your life. It's beautiful. It's powerful. I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word. I thank you for this principle of the first. God, I pray, Lord, that you put a hunger and a thirst in everyone here today to go to the word for themselves. And see what you say about the first portion. And see what you say about priorities, God. And I pray that we would humbly make whatever minor adjustments that we need to. I believe they actually, actually are minor, God. Whatever minor adjustments we need to make to our day, to our week, to our month, to our year, to our income, to our to-do list to our vision board, our goals. Lord, whatever aspect of our life comes to mind, Lord, let us make whatever adjustments necessary to give you the first part. Lord, and then we can expect, we can expect with confidence for you to bless everything else in our lives. Lord, help us to be faithful, to continue to giving you our first no matter how much we increase no matter how much you bless our 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 lot lord let us never 
break away from this simple elementary principle of you getting the first. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask us all to stand. I'm going to ask for the prayer team to get in position. This next prayer is a simple prayer that gives you a chance to put God first. I don't know where he is in your life, but this is a chance you can actually establish him as top priority, making him Lord of your life and watching him rain blessings on everything that concerns you. Everything that concerns your life. When he sits on top, he will bless. He will cover. He will provide. He will anoint. He will sanctify everything else. So if you're ready to make God first, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. And let's extend some kind of sound to God, showing him that we love him. We praise you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you said yes to Jesus, congratulations. We want to be a church to support you in this journey. Uh, the way you can start that connection is by texting the word BELONG to 77411. Real convenient way to let us know that you came, that you made a decision to say yes, or that you want to hear more information. And you'll, get, you'll hear back from us, and uh, we can tell you what's going on in our church and give you some options to be involved. If you have prayer for anything, this team of awesome believers, they love God, they love you, and they've, came, they've come to mo- this morning to pray for you. So if you have any prayer needs of any kind, please don't hesitate on your way out. They'll be happy to pray for whatever it is you need prayer for. Uh, we've got next steps today, so our leadership will be there to talk more about the vision of our church. Today's a good day. I would love for you all to make it if you are open to hearing more about Nashville life and our vision and how you can be more a part. And lastly, if you want to give, you can give online. Thank you in advance. Or if you have a physical offering, our finance team can serve you in the lobby behind me. We also have a way you can give on the way out that way. I love you. I pray that you have a great rest of your day. Try to stay warm, stay safe, and we'll see y'all next time. Have a good one.